you have to learn how to sell rather that rather if that be sell your product or just sell yourself to yourself or sell your ideas to the public to your customers to family members to friends so how can you sell your way to success on this episode of the success code let's bring it in welcome to the success code where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the success code. Success code. Success code. Success code. Hi, everybody. It's Roy Red, five-time best-selling author and your host of this show, The Success Code. And today, I'm super excited to bring in a master salesman. I always talk about selling that you need to learn how to sell uh, yourself to yourself. You need to learn how to sell yourself to your friends, to your customer. You need to learn how to sell your product. And I know this word sales, it has such kind of a cliche feeling that it gives us. You know, we don't really like the term sales, but really it's just having a conversation. And today I brought the best salesman in the world, John Livesey, aka the Pitch Whisperer. How you doing, John? Hey, Roy. Thanks for having me, and thanks for that nice intro. You know, thank you so much. First, I wanted to say thank you for coming on. I know you're super busy. Uh, you were able to get me in within a couple weeks. Um, uh, we we're just talking about before we hopped on the show that you moved from LA to Austin. Uh, how do you like it there in Austin? How's COVID going on over there? I love Austin. It's a very friendly city. It got voted number one place to live for two years in a row for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's less congested than Los Angeles. The food's great. There's a whole music vibe. There's a whole startup community with the University of Texas here. Uh-huh. Uh, Tesla's moving here. Um, so if you like good food and nice, friendly people and affordable place to live and good music, uh-huh. uh, and it's t- tons of nature. Uh, there's a lake and a uh, 300 acre park. So, um, I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Uh, I was just down there. I was able to go to Lake Travis, see the lake. And I also went to Terry Black's, I believe it's called the best brisket I've ever had in my life. So tender and, uh, so well, uh, seasoned. Yeah. Um, when I was at the airport, I saw a thing that said, Farm to, and then I saw a TA. I'm like, oh, farm to table. I know what that is. And it was farm to taco. So I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So just kind of tell the people what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. Give a brief overview of what you do. Uh, the pitch whisperer is what they call you. So that kind of explains it all. But real quick, just go a little bit in depth on what you do exactly. Well, you know how salespeople struggle not to be seen as a commodity when they pitch something. Uh-huh. Uh, like you said, I come in and teach people how to tell better stories because whoever tells the best story is the one that gets the yes today. Yeah. And I take these boring case studies and turn them into case stories. And it not only makes people stop pushing, but allows them to become memorable and magnetic. And when that happens, they become revenue rock stars. That's amazing. So I'm writing this down, case studies to case stories. Yes, especially if you are ever in a situation, you know, when I speak to sales teams at their annual meetings, Uh they often are invited to pitch. And it's usually between them and one or two other competitors. And they have an hour typically to convince somebody why they should be the right one. Yeah. And that's the problem is they just push out information, tell about how long they've been in business and how long they've worked here. And, you know, maybe they'll talk about a testimonial or a boring case study, but it's all facts and figures and there's no emotional 
tug. And I tell people, when you tell a story, you tug at people's heartstrings. Yes. And that's what gets them to open the purse strings. Yes. You know, uh, when I speak, a lot of times people, you know, ask me, you know, how I'm able to be so confident and poised, or they ask me, you know, how'd you become such a good speaker so fast, so you, you know, when I first started. And it really just comes down to storytelling, because one of the uh, best quotes I've read about storytelling is, um, people don't believe the message until they believe the messenger. And the way to do that is to connect with them with the story. And, you know, one of my favorite leaders ever, Jesus, was arguably the best storyteller ever. So can you just talk about um, how a story helps you sell, how it helps you get a connection with the audience and why it's so powerful? Well, I think one of the biggest myths that are out there, Lori, is that we've heard it a hundred times. Oh, you got to get people to know, like, and trust you before they buy from you or hire you. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that belief is it causes a behavior Oh, I got to, you got to know me. Let me tell you everything about me and my company and my product. You know enough now to buy? Yeah. And here's the problem. People buy emotionally and then back it up with logic, not the other way around. So if you go to a Ferrari dealer or Lamborghini or whatever you're going to want to treat yourself to, I promise you that salespeople in those dealerships are not saying about miles per gallon. Yeah. They're talking about how fun it's going to be and how sexy you're going to feel driving it. It's an emotional decision. Buying a house. Everything has an emotional hook to it. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a corporate world, the decision is around, hmm, is this going to make me look good to my boss? Yeah. Like, proud of, is there a fear that this is not the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. So when you can make people have a sense of going on a journey with you, that's what the power of storytelling is. Yeah. And here's the secret. When they see themselves in the story of someone else you've helped, yes, boom, then they're just like, oh, that's what I want. I want that feeling of what life is like after you've hired me or after you bought my product or service. Uh-huh. And so that's really what most people don't understand is the importance of a resolution to a story. Uh, the resolution to a story. Explain that real quick. Sure. So imagine the Wizard of Oz uh-huh. stopped when Dorothy got in the balloon to go back to Kansas. Mm. The end. And there was no scene with her in bed talking to all those people and saying there's no place like home. And I learned so much about myself and what's important. That's the resolution to that movie. That's why it's such a classic. And so if our stories don't have a resolution of what is life like for someone after they've worked with us, Mm -hmm. they used to be stressed out and overwhelmed. And now uh, they're telling stories and getting more new business and storytelling is causing the team to bond together more. And they're sharing the stories. They start picturing that. So when people interview me for a speaker, for example, I do this future pacing question and I'll say, let's pretend it's a week after the event. Mm -hmm. What would have to happen for you to feel really happy and ecstatic about choosing me and that the event would make you look good to your boss? And we start visualizing that future together. And then I'll tell the story of another client that hired me and I give the resolution of what those accolades were. And they ideally see themselves in the story and go, oh, that's what I want our people to feel and think. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, what's really cool about that question, I asked a similar question. Um, I don't know if you know about Dan Sullivan, but it's called the Dan yes. Sullivan question, where I say you kind of the same thing, creating that future. If we were to sit mm-hmm. down having a conversation after the event, what needs to happen for you to feel happy with 
how the event went went and what's really cool about your question is the moment they answer that question not only do you get all their goals and all the emotional uh things that they want to feel with those goals but they're actually creating a future with you in it so it's exactly. like you're using inception it's like you're using uh, <laughs> uh inception to get them to create a future that has you in it right um, star wars these are not the drones you seek this is the speaker <laughs> you <want>. yes yes <laughs> Hi, everybody, everyone who just jumped in, a whole bunch of people just jumped on. Uh, we are talking to John Lives Livesey about how to sell your way to success through storytelling. If you're on YouTube, please hop in the chat on your right-hand side. Ask John questions. If you're on Facebook, that's below. If you're on Periscope or the other platforms, we don't even know where you go to, uh, to comment. Um uh, but John has also given us a free gift today. Uh, if you text pitch to 66866, he's given away a free PDF and he'll explain how that PDF is going to uh, help you as we talk about that later. But this PDF is going to help you tell better stories, uh, how to sell and just how to uh, sell your way to success. So, John, let's talk about stories real quick. Sure. Kind of give an overview of how you go about telling stories in a way that resonates with whoever you're talking to or when you're speaking or when you're writing. Um, you know, I kind of follow the uh, the hero's journey formula. You know, I've been studying storytelling and trying to figure out how to tell better stories because it's yes. one of those things that I really would like to master in my life. How do you kind of structure your stories? Well, Roy, I believe there's four parts to a really good story. Mm -hmm. The first part is the exposition, where we paint that picture. And it's the one-on-one of journalism, the who, what, where, when. Yeah. And then we describe a problem. And here's something to write down if you're taking notes. Uh -huh. The better you describe someone's problem, uh -huh. the better they think you have their solution. Mm. And there's where storytelling has a little bit of drama on how bad that problem is. You, you have empathy for the people who are experiencing that problem, yeah. then you describe the solution, and then, as we said a little earlier, that secret sauce of the resolution. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Yes, working with a healthcare tech company, I had said to one of their salespeople, "What are you saying now to get doctors to buy this equipment? Oh, oh it makes the surgeries go thirty percent faster. You want to buy one?" I'm like, "Okay, that's a nice statistic. It's a left brain." Yeah. Numbers. Remember, people buy emotionally. Let's craft a story around it. So now the story sounds like this. Imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was down at Long Beach Memorial six months ago using our equipment when he could go out to the patient's family in the waiting room. And if you've ever been in the waiting room waiting for someone you love to come out of surgery, you know every minute feels like an hour. Uh, yeah. He came out an hour earlier than expected and put them out of their waiting misery and said, good news, the scope showed they don't have cancer, they're going to be fine. Yeah. And then the doctor turns to the rep and says, you know, that's why I became a doctor for moments like that. So now that salesperson tells that case story to another doctor mm -hmm. who sees himself in the story and says, you know what? That's why I became a doctor too. I want your equipment. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. I literally felt that as you changed it up and you literally did what you talked about changing um, the the sales into, into storytelling. And mm -hmm. I can 
imagine myself waiting in that waiting room because that's when you have anxiety. That's when you have uncertainty when you're not sure. And you took that uncertainty away by explaining what's going to happen through a story. And I literally played that in my head. That that was amazing. Uh, what what else do you do to kind of um, explain the triumph part of your story? So from a speaker's perspective, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, maybe tell us a time you struggle, your story of struggle, maybe a hard time in your life. And we'll kind of just break down how you tell your story from that point and then how you were able to get through it. Well, I was selling advertising for Condé Nast mm-hmm. and things were going great until the economy crashed back in 2008 when the mortgage crisis hit. Yes. And they laid off all the people in all the outside offices. And I was in LA at the time mm-hmm. and 30% of the New York staff. And I got the call. Sorry, got to lay you off. Got to be out of the office by the end of the day. And right, it felt like a kick to the gut. Yeah. And even though I knew there was a chance it could happen, when it still happens, it's kind of like a death. And I felt scared and disappointed. And um, I had to get some friends to help me clean out my office that fast. And I said um, one thing to them. And I said, don't you need a status report turning over what's supposed to run where after I leave? And they go, wow, well, that would be great. But no one else is doing that. They're all so angry. They're just storming out. And I said, I'm not going to do that known these people for years, watched them get married, have kids. Roy, little did I know that that one decision to leave a status report would benefit me a couple years down the road. Yeah. So as I'm leaving, closing my door, I, I said to myself, well, I feel scared and upset. I've lost mm-hmm. my job, but not my identity. Yeah. And I had to reinvent myself and learn how to sell not just print ads, but digital ads. Mm-hmm. And that was, this, you know, embracing new technology and new ways of doing it and getting a job. All of that was stressful. And then I finally got one. And then two years after our, I'd been laid off, Connie Nass called me and said, would you come back? We'd like to rehire you. Yeah. We have a new editor. We, and I thought, if I'm coming back, I'm not coming back with any fear. Because I've already experienced the fear of not making my numbers or the magazine going out of business and figured out that I'll be okay. And, and that's what allowed me to win salesperson of the year for the company with yeah. coming back with fear. So I think the big lesson there is who we are is bigger than any one thing happening to us. And uh, my personal passion is to help as many people as possible get off this self-esteem roller coaster where we only feel good if things are going well and bad if they're not. Because when I won that award, I thought I'm the same person, (laughs) whether I'm winning the award or getting laid off. So that is my own um, challenge that I went through and came out on the other side a couple of years later. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's huge. I love it. When people talk about the struggle, uh, one of my favorite artists uh, who passed away, he says, um, if, you're sell- if you're sharing your success and not your struggle, you're a fool. And that yeah. changed my whole paradigm because, you know, sometimes we get on stage, we love to rock the stage. Uh, we love to do something that a lot of people can't do and just get up there and just but when you can really be vulnerable in front of them and telling your story, um, yeah. that's when you really uh, connect with them and really uh, take it to that next level. Um, One of my they, favorite uh, our mess is our message. Our mess is our message. That's huge. That's huge. Uh, thank you for everyone who just joined live um, and for everyone who was already on live. We we're talking to John 
live a say about how to sell yourself to massive success using storytelling. Uh, again, if you have, if you want a free gift that John has given to us, just because he's cool like that, go ahead and text the words pitch P I T C H to six, six, eight, six, six, John, let's, um, just be, uh, a little bit candid right now let's say um let's get a scenario in here let's just say you're just selling coaching to someone and a lot of times we get put on the spot maybe you're at the airport um <clears throat> one of the things i do is I always have my book on me and i teach my uh clients to you know write a book make it a bestseller keep it with you because you can give it away well, let's say you don't have your book on you that day and you're in first class and someone just loves to talk and they ask you, what do you do? From that point, when they ask you, what do you do? What do you say to bring them in as a potential customer or client or a lead? How do you transition into your story or, or your pitch in places like that where you're just on the spot? Well, one of the things I teach people how to do is how to have a great elevator pitch mm -hmm. at a moment's notice. And I did it at the beginning of this interview because you kind mm -hmm. of said, what do you do? Yeah. And so the, the structure I use is five steps. Yeah. And it starts with, you know how. You want to keep it conversational. The mistake most people make is they go into a 10-minute monologue and they say, I'm a coach, I'm a doctor, I'm an accountant, whatever it is. But yeah. if you say, you know how... It's conversation, and then you describe a, who you help. In my case, salespeople, and then the, I describe the problem. And the key here, Roy, is to use the word struggle. You know how salespeople struggle not to be seen as a commodity. Yeah, I'm known as the pitch. My solution, I'm known as the pitch whisperer. Companies hire me to train their sales teams to tell stories because whoever tells the best story gets the sale. And then the resolution is, and after my talk and online course, everybody becomes a revenue rock star. That's huge. That's huge. So it would be, you know how yeah. athletes might be nervous uh, at the end of a game or might be nervous. Uh, and then I would say something like, well, I helped them get over that struggle. All right. I got to work on that. We got to, we got to talk about that. I got to work. Yeah. On that. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Because once we have that down and the key here is you want to plant seeds, a really good elevator pitch yes. or ask an answer to a question. What do you do? is that you've intrigued people enough to say, well, that's interesting, tell me more. I know what a dog whisperer is and a horse whisperer. What the heck's a pitch whisperer? Yeah. Or a case story, what's that? Or revenue rock star, that sounds more interesting. How, tell me more about that. Yeah. So any, all those little seeds are planted with the whole goal of getting people to say, tell me more. Yeah, that's amazing, John. So John, I'm reading this book. Um, I actually just finished reading it. I'm a voracious reader. And it's called Who Not How. And in this book, Who Not How, it talks about finding the people who could help you instead of worrying about how to get things done could be faster and more transformative for your business and for your life. And mm -hmm. so who was the person who maybe motivated you or, or that you looked up to or maybe mentored you or that you read about? That uh, that made you raise your game and take it to the level you're at. 
Well, 15 years ago, I read a book by Tim Sanders called Love is the Killer App. And I just loved it. And I reached out to him and started telling him how much value I got out of it. We became friends so much so that um, he wrote the forward to my book, Better Selling Through Storytelling. Mm -hmm. So that's the value of taking a step and reaching out to somebody. And when you give somebody a compliment, my recommendation is make it specific. Don't just say, I liked your book. Say, here's what I got out of your book and how it's impacting me. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. We're going to jump into the red zone. The red zone is the bonus round where I just ask you some questions like rapid questions that you can answer. It doesn't mean you have to answer them rapidly, but we're going to jump into the red zone. All right, John, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Give me your top three favorite books of all time. Top three favorite books, it would be Deal Storming. Deal Storming. Uh, How to Be a Power Connector. Uh-huh. And I would say uh, Dan Pink's book, How to Sell as Human. How to Sell as Human. What would you rather be, loved or respected? Loved. That's a first, John, on the show. That's actually a first. Tell, wow, tell me I about that. <laughs> I know. Tell yeah. me about that. Why do you feel that way? Um, because without love, there is no respect. It's respect out of, uh, positioning or whatever. And I think that's the most important thing in the world is to love yourself, love other people. And I'd much rather have somebody, um, have strong feelings of affection for me versus like, I can't stand the guy, but I respect him. I'm like, that's not what I'm going for at all. You know, I always felt like respect was it. Until recently, I read a quote that said, respect only fills the space where love should be. I was like, maybe I've been maybe I've been wrong about this. (laughs) All right. Tell me uh, your philosophy on life. I think it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, that who we are is bigger than any one thing happening to us at the moment. Yeah. And that we can't lose our identity based on a circumstance or a situation. We have to zoom out and think of ourselves as the director of our own movie and we can yell cut at any time and recast it and change the location. And that allows us, like if we start getting afraid of the future and we start playing a horror movie in our head, just sit, cut. Yeah. We're the thinker thinking the thoughts, not the thoughts thinking us. That's so true. Controlling that self-talk, controlling that self-talk. What's a quote, your favorite quote that you live by? Or if you can't pin it down, you can give us a couple. One of my favorite quotes is by Arthur Ashe, the famous tennis pro, Uh who said the key to success is confidence, and the key to confidence is preparation. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really emphasize the need to be prepared with good stories. Think of your mind like a jukebox, Uh and you have a story ready to go depending on what the question is or the answer you need to give. Amazing, amazing. Um, what is success to you? What I found that that answer the answer to that question is different for everyone. What is success in your eyes? Success in my eyes is going above and beyond what somebody expects. Yeah. Like here's the minimum. Now you've done that. You wowed us, and you gave us an experience or uh, information that's impacted not just our business life but our personal life. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. 
Okay, give us a big, hairy, audacious goal you have for yourself. Speaking internationally when COVID is over um, on multiple uh, continents to big um, healthcare and tech companies. Oh, man. Uh, take me with you. <laughs> take me with you. Uh, I'm going to add that to my goals as well. All right. Last one. You ready? Yes. All right. Hmm. What is your favorite hobby? Oh, I was going to say food. Um, my favorite hobby is photography. Oh, really? Yes. I love cap. Um, when I took photojournalism in school, they said it was photography is painting with light. Oh, wow. And so I can't paint, but I can take pictures and capturing moments, especially living here in Austin with the park and literally seeing turtles swim and all this nature here um, has brought me a lot of joy because I think, you know, a lot of things that bring me joy have not been available, like going to Broadway shows or concerts or lots of things. Uh -huh. So I had to figure out what brings me joy that I can still do. I can still take walks in nature. I can still take photos yeah. and have that be a creative expression. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. That was the red zone. Uh, for everybody who's on live or just hopped on live, we're talking to John say about how to sell your way to massive success. And so uh, I want to give it to the audience to see if there's some questions. So make sure you guys, if you have any questions for John on entrepreneurship, on selling, or just anything you want to know about John, about his books, before uh, he also has a gift for us. He's going to talk about that you can get if you text pitch p i t c h to six six eight six six again as pitch to six six eight six six. Just jump on the right hand side on YouTube if you have any questions, and that'll be below on Facebook and wherever that is on whatever other platforms you guys are listening to. Uh, go ahead and ask a question. So, John, we have a question here. Mm -hmm. Is someone said if you had to start all over? What are the first three steps you would take to get back to where you are today? Launch a podcast. Oh. It's been one of the best decisions I've ever made uh, because the kinds of guests and the people I have met mm -hmm. and their help. And it's a great way to give back before you ask for something is to have someone on the show. Yeah. And then they often will say, oh, well, how can I help you? Yeah. And I think that's uh, a great way to create content. And a great way to get your message out. Yeah. You know, that's huge. Um, You know, I started this podcast, you know, at the beginning of quarantine just to add some skills. You know, I learned how to do the live and all this stuff and Ecamm and, the, yeah. you know, I kind of learned really quick. But that is really huge. You do get so many connections um, just from interviewing people and it's not just a way to build an audience and and just, you know, obviously you learn some cool stuff because, you know, I'm a student as well. Mm -hmm. Just learning. But you also get some really cool connections. What are the next two things you would do? Next two things I would do would be to really figure out what my niche is mm -hmm. and um, check in with the people to see if they're struggling. Um, and ironically, healthcare companies right now um, during the pandemic have a whole new set of needs that they didn't have before. Yeah. One of which is how to look and sound good on Zoom calls or Ecamm. 
They've never, they don't, some of them are uncomfortable selling on camera. Um, So one of my (laughs) tips is stand up and dress up when you're on camera. I think it's your energy. And um, another challenge for them is they can't just stop by the doctor's office or catch them in between surgeries Mm -hmm. and hospitals. So they got to figure out a way to get in the virtual room. You know, the musical Hamilton said, you got to get in the room where it happens. Now people have to figure out how to get in the zoom where it happens. Oh, awesome. And lastly, lastly, I would just start focusing on who has a problem that I can solve that Mm -hmm. will generate them a lot of money so that they're willing to pay me money. Yeah. And that actually kind of goes into the next question we have here. Someone said, um, how do you determine what someone's problems are um, and how do you sell it back to them without sounding salesy? Salesy. Yeah, salesy. Nobody wants to sound like, ah, ah. Um, I think when you come from a place of authenticity and showing that you really care, and if you do your homework before you get in front of somebody, go on LinkedIn, see if you have any similar connections, see anything about their background, comment and like on other people's social media posts before you have a conversation with them to build up a little bit of rapport, which earns you the right to ask a question. And if you frame the question around, I'd really love to ask you just a couple questions to see if and how I might be able to help. Not assuming that you have a solution. Yeah. And then if you could, you know, you ask questions that aren't salesy, like, you know, if you could wave a magic wand, what would you love to have happen a year from now? Or anything like that. Yeah. Um, questions that get people in their imagination. Yeah. Uh, imagining what else, what life would be um, better. Uh-huh. Or, um, you know, what is it that your competition's doing that you wish you could do that you can't? Anything like those kinds of questions yeah. um, get people to open up a little bit. Yeah. Um, what my, you know, my mentor taught me when selling was hard for me, that selling was just asking questions and listening. And uh, one of the questions that you just said, uh, actually, it's the last question I asked before I kind of go into uh, closing someone is, you know, if you had a magic wand, mm-hmm. What three problems or challenges in your business would you make go away? And mm-hmm. people will give me the problems and I will listen and go, oh, okay. And then I'll go, good, because we solved those problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was really cool and it, to the person who asked, asked this question, just to give you a lot of value. Um, everyone has the same problem. And I had this thought one time and it's been a thinking tool that I use is everyone actually has the same problem. And mm. in entrepreneurship, selling someone the fix to their problems is how you make money. That's what drives the economy and you know solving problems. So I'm gonna give you the problem everyone has. So you kind of have the key to making money. And the problem that everyone has is they lack the ability to solve their problem. And so when John said earlier that you have to know their problem and then tell stories that makes them feel like um, that's me, like that's my problem. And then talk about how you help fix that problem with somebody else, maybe a testimonial or however you tell that story. That is huge in selling. And um, I just wanted to add that and touch in on that. 
And so we only got time for one more question. Um, how do I get your book? Okay, so he's going to give us a free gift that we'll talk about right next. So, John, talk about your uh, book um, and what if someone bought it on Amazon, if they got it, what uh, they can expect to learn and um, what inspired you to write that book? Well, the book is called Better Selling Through Storytelling. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it's on Amazon. I've also turned it into an online course okay. for people who really want to uh, practice how to tell better stories. Mm -hmm. And then they get to work with me in a Facebook group where they can, like you were doing, like, here's what I have on my elevator pitch. How can you help me make that better? Yeah. Uh, and the, what made me buy it was I realized that a lot of salespeople get burnt out and nobody wants to feel pushy. Yeah. And storytelling allows us to be people who pull people in with magnetic storytelling. Yeah. So I thought, if I can show as many people as possible how to tell a story, then their life changes. Not just as that in their business, but also their personal life, the relationships they have with people. Everyone loves a good storyteller, even with parents, with their kids. Instead of one-word answers when the kid comes home from school, mm -hmm. they go, how was school? Fine. Okay. I teach them, tell me a story about the best part of your day. Yeah. Boom. And now we're in a conversation and then you share a story about the best part of your day. And then in the same thing in the work environment, people start sharing stories. And when that happens, then everyone starts remembering and sharing your story for you. And then you create brand ambassadors. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. I want to take this question just because I'm curious to the answer. It's a little uh, long, but they said, um, how do you get over the anxiety of making cold calls and how do you get their attention if they actually do answer the phone and was cold calling um, ever a struggle for you or something you hate it because I hate it? <laughs> Got it. Well, they may not like the answer. That's from Shay. But, <laughs> um, I would first say we have to change our mindset yeah. because if we hate something and we bring that energy to it, it's going to come across on the phone. Yeah. And you have to remind yourself that you're, quote, not dialing for dollars, which is what I was told back in the day when I had to make cold calls. Yeah. But you're looking for someone who you can help. Yeah. And when you reframe it like that, um, and also speak like a human. I mean, I've worked with companies and they have their team hand handling inbound calls sometimes. And they'll say, to whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? You probably dealt with that. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know how anybody talks. Just say, hey, my name's John. You are, you know, be a human. Yeah. And, and so, and I would also say be clear, concise, and compelling. Mm -hmm. So if you, if somebody picks up the phone, you, you got to go right for the thing. Hey, um, does this sound like you? Are you struggling with this, this, or this? If not, no harm, no foul. Hope you have a great day. If yes, maybe you'd want to hear what I might be able to do to help. Yeah. Take all that pressure off, you know, instead of saying, uh, let people say no more often, whether it's a cold call or any conversation, instead of saying, is this a good time to talk? And they got to go say yes. Because the old way of selling was try to get people to say yes as many times as possible. But if you let people say no, is, um, am I catching you at a bad time? No. Okay, great. And keep talking and if they say yes don't keep trying to have the conversation because yeah. they're not going to listen anyway yeah so what you're telling me john is 
Stop trying to trick people and just be authentic. There you go. That's it. <laughs> that's huge. That's huge. Hey, John, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Going to love to be connecting with you. You know, we're in our mastermind together over there at Metal. Um, I just really appreciate it. Um, can you please tell them where they can find you on social media, where they can get yeah. your products and talk about uh, what you're giving away, where they can text pitch at 66866. Yes. If you um, take out your phone and text that word pitch to 66866, I send a PDF of my top storytelling tips. Then once you have those tips in your toolbox, you're no longer going to feel pushy. And if you want to just find out more about my online course, just go to my website and click on the training tab. And if you um, want to follow me on social media, on Instagram, I'm the Pitch Whisperer. Again, thank you, John. Thank you for everybody who hopped on the live. Uh, make sure you share this YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are. We're also going to be po be posted on the podcast. We're on all modalities, all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitchers, everything. Just make sure you share it. And um, thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show as, we, as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time, and always remember to be your authentic self. And we're out. Ready? Welcome to the Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the Success Code. Success Code.